Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Damn thing pretty. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the corny aside. I just walked from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Rockin the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knockin them down. Baby says she want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 282 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here, Wednesday, November 16th, the day after the Nick Martinez news came down. Plenty to talk about today. Uh, the Nick Martinez contract is out. It's an interesting one. Is it a good deal for the Padres? Is it a good deal for Nick Martinez? We'll get into that. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they made an interesting move today roster wise and I think they could now be a potential trade partner with the Padres or at least be a fit uh, to be interested in some pieces that the Padres have. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez was traded from the Mariners to the Blue Jays or not or to the Mariners from the Blue Jays. Uh, and so you would think that the Mariners are going to look to deal one of their outfielders now so maybe they're a fit. For the Padres, a lot to get into today. Those are just some of the topics. Uh, if you have any questions, any comments, feel free to let me know in the chat. Uh, you can use that super chat button if you want to support the show. I appreciate that. Uh, let's start with Nick Martinez's contract here. Kevin AC reported it. Uh, I think AJ Castro might have as well, but I saw Kevin AC's article and he made it kind of confusing. And so I put it out on Twitter, and forgive me if I 
forget who it was because I do forget who it was, but someone pointed out to me and made it much simpler. Like they explained the contract in more simpler terms. So I will explain it in more simpler terms for you guys instead of just reading what AC wrote. So it's a three-year contract. We knew that already. And it's going to be for $26 million at least. It could be up to $42 million, according to AC. So Martinez is going to get $10 million in 2023. He can opt out after this season. If he opts out, then the Padres can trigger their opt or their club option, which is $16 million for 2024, $16 million for 2025. So let's say Martinez opts out. He gets the $10 million this year, opts out. Padres can then make him come back to the Padres for $16 million. That would probably happen if Martinez had a great year as a starting pitcher, stayed healthy, and he deserves that pay raise, right? So they would give him $16 million to come back, you would think. Or he opts out and he goes to free agency. They can then, if he stays with the Padres, they could give him that 2025 club option as well if he continues to pitch well in 2024 for 16 million a year um if martinez let's say he doesn't have a good 2023 obviously we hope that he has a good 2023 but let's say he doesn't really prove himself as a starting pitcher then he can just opt in he has the option remember he has the opt out so he can not opt out but and choose to opt in after 2023 and opt into 2024 if that happens, then the Padres would pay him $8 million guaranteed for 2024 and 2025. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, it, it was confusing the way Kevin AC wrote it. I'm not even going to talk about how he wrote it because it was just confusing to me. But simple terms here. Martinez, $10 million this year. He has an opt-out. If he doesn't opt-out, he opts in $8 million for the two years after this year. If he does opt out, the Padres can give him $16 million for 2024 and 2025. If that was the case, he would get $42 million in total. Uh, and that's without the financial incentives, which are also in the contract. So is this a Padres-friendly deal? I think it is because it's $10 million this year. I-, I predicted $10 million a year for the Nick Martinez contract. So that's good. Um, for the Padres, that's not a lot. And then if he has a good year and he opts out of the 8 million for 2024, then the Padres can say, no, we have the control this time. You're staying here. We're going to make you sign the $16 million or not sign, but we'll give you the $16 million club option. So they have the control here, which I think is a big positive for the Padres. As someone who saw how impactful Nick Martinez was to this Padres team last year in the postseason, in the regular season, doing whatever the Padres asked of him, I hope I wished that there wasn't going to be an opt-out, but I understand why there is one. If Martinez feels like he'll get more um, than or he deserves more than the the eight million dollars he would get in 2024, he can opt out and get more from the Padres. Uh, with that club option. Or if the Padres don't want to give him that 16 mil, 
he can go get more than $8 million on the free agent market. So I understand why it's there. And he still wanted to have some options with that. If he proves himself for 2023 um, for, you know, for Nick Martinez, it is, I think a Nick Martinez friendly deal as well. Like he's not getting 20 million a year or anything like that, but he gets 10 this year. That's a pay raise compared to last year, which was, or what it would have been for this year, which was six and a half million. And then if he proves himself this year, he automatically will get $16 million at least. You would think if the Padres give him the club option. If the Padres don't give him the club option and he performs, well, then he can opt out and go get more than $8 million. So it feels like a win-win for Nick. After 2023, he's going to get either $8 million if he opts in and has like a terrible year. He'd still get $8 million for the next two years or each year, or he can opt out. Padres don't want him back, let's say. He can still go get more than that in free agency. Um, so I think it's a good deal for both. Martinez gets a chance to prove himself to go get a pay raise for 2024 and 2025, and the Padres, they have the control in this deal. If Martinez tries to opt out or he opts out and – is technically headed to free agency, the Padres can say, no, 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 no. We're giving you the club option. So I like it. Um, two or three years, potentially 42 million. It could be, did I say two years? Sorry, three years. Three years, 42 million. It could potentially be three years, uh, 26, right? So ranging from 26 to 42 million if he stays here for those three years. And obviously there's incentives and stuff, probably performance-based. So if he reaches X amount of starts or whatever, um, or, you know, he stays healthy for the full year, he might get more than that. Uh, so that's the, the Nick Martinez contract. Again, I like it for both sides. Feel free to give your thoughts in the comments for the Padres' sake of things. Obviously, like I just mentioned, they get the control. For Nick Martinez, he can get a pay raise. He gets a pay raise for 2023. And he can get one for 24 and 25 if he proves that he can be a good starter and be reliable this season. And he'll get $16 million per year if the Padres give him that club option. So um, that was the Nick Martinez stuff. Right now the Padres rotation is Hugh Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, Nick Martinez, and then they'll find a fifth starter. Or maybe they have Nick Martinez be the five starter. And then they'll have the new guy be a four starter. Um, there's plenty of options out there. Obviously it's early in the off season and I'm sure we'll have plenty more conversations about who the Padres could go get uh, starting pitching wise. I mean, names that are out there. Uh, I went over this last night, but like Tyler Anderson's gone. Uh, the big names like DeGrom and Verlander, I don't see those guys as fits. But like Trevor Williams, uh, back-end guy, I see him possibly as a fit. Kodai Senga, you're going to see his name floated out there, not just between him and the Padres, but between Senga and a lot of other teams because there's going to be a lot of teams that think that he can be like their two or three starter. And so they'll offer him five years and maybe 75 mil for him. Um, I mean, there, there's a bunch of names. I, I could talk for a long time about potential free agent names free agent starters um, out there for the Padres. I did have a list that 
I wrote down, I mean, tra trades obviously are an option as well. Hang on. Let me go find this again. So just some names. I mean, Jameson Tyone, Andrew Heaney, um, Bassett, right? But him, Bassett and Walker, that's another name. But those guys are probably seen more as like three starters or two starters. Padres might see them as a three starter and give them that money because maybe they don't have Snell coming back. Or I think Darvish will come back after next season, but maybe they see Snell not coming back. And so they want to lock down Bassett or lock down Walker and they give them that. I think Carrasco is a free agent as well. So they, the Mets have a lot of work to do with their pitching. Uh, so there's a lot of options out there to fill either the fourth spot for the Padres or the fifth spot. Uh, John here in the comments asks, does the team attempt to save money by, by Martinez missing benchmarks? What do you mean? Like incentives? They're paying him for, I get where you're going with that. With the, if he misses like benchmarks, the, it's, it's 10 million guaranteed. According to Kevin AC this year, it's $10 million. He's going to get that no matter what. And then if he opts in for 2024, it's guaranteed that he gets 8 million. And then for 2025, it's guaranteed that he gets 8 million. So the bet, if he misses benchmarks, like if he misses a potential amount of starts, then yeah, then he'll miss those benchmarks. He'll miss those financial incentives. Uh, but he gets a guaranteed amount of money. Uh, I do understand where you're going out there. Like, do the does the team attempt to save money by Martinez missing benchmarks? So, like, do they put him on the IL and say he's dealing with an arm injury or a neck injury, and they're just doing that to save innings, and so he doesn't hit those benchmarks? I don't see that happening. Um, look, this team's trying to win. They're trying to win right now. I think when you try to be cute like that and miss financial benchmarks or incentive stuff that's where it probably bites you in the butt and maybe the time that you try to have him take off then he comes back and sucks or he's not as effective or he gets out of rhythm like I, I would not do that if I were the Padres Peter Scyther he likes spending money you signed him to pitch games and to start uh and you know be a valuable piece of this Padres team I, I don't see them trying to be cute and kind of skirt the rules, if that makes sense. Um, all right, so moving on here. So the Pittsburgh Pirates today, I thought this was interesting. They DFA'd Tyler Heineman, who was their only catcher on their roster. The only one. So designated for designated him for assignment. And so now they don't have any catchers on their major league roster, on their depth chart. So that makes the Padres a potential trade partner for the Pittsburgh Pirates. We know that the Padres have been interested in Brian Reynolds in the past, but the asking price, the Pirates asking price, has just been too much. Uh, asking for C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore in the past, before the Padres obviously traded them to the Nationals, and the Padres were hoping that Gore and Abrams were going to be big parts to the franchise in 2022 and beyond before they got Soto. So that was not going to happen. Um, but now they don't have a catcher. And Campy, he's still one of, he's still young. He's still probably one of 
the higher regarded catchers, I would say, among prospect people in baseball. Um, so I think the Pirates could be interested in him or they could try moving him to first base or another position. They do have Henry Davis, who they just drafted number one overall, I think, a couple years ago. So maybe they bring in Jorge Alfaro as a stopgap. And so it's not campy that they want to go get. Maybe it's Alfaro. We've heard that the Padres are trying to non or they're thinking about non-tendering Jorge Alfaro. Uh, I think November 18th is that deadline. Or maybe it's maybe it's way after that. I, I forget the deadline, but they're considering non-tendering, not giving a contract to Jorge Alfaro. Maybe they can give Alfaro to the Pirates for a reliever. Um, the Pirates aren't going to be contending this year. Use Alfaro, the Pirates can, as a stopgap. Him, and then you bring up Henry Davis when he's ready. Who knows? They don't have a catcher on the roster, so I think they could be a potential trade fit for the Padres, depending on who the Padres want. Maybe they just give Alfaro up for a reliever like I just talked about. Maybe it's not Brian Reynolds for Campy because maybe the Pirates say, we have Henry Davis, we don't want to give up Brian Reynolds for Campy. We'll save Reynolds for a bigger package that we can get from another team. I don't know how much interest there is in Brian Reynolds, though, to be honest. Uh, I don't think he had as good of a year this past season as he did in 2021 when he was an all-star. And as time ticks, there's less years on the contract, right? That's that's less of a, that's less of a return that the Pirates are going to get, right? So they're risking it here, getting a smaller return. The longer that they hold on to Brian Reynolds, the less they're going to get back. Um, I think there's going to be interest in Brian Reynolds. Don't, don't get me wrong there. But Abrams and Gore, like that amount, uh, I don't think a team's going to be willing to give that up for Brian Reynolds. Um, so we'll see. That's something to keep an eye on. Again, the Pirates DFA Tyler Heineman, so they don't have any catchers on the roster. Are they interested in Campy? Maybe a position change or have him catch and see how that Henry Davis situation works out. Or maybe Alfaro, they give the Padres something. Uh, a small piece, an arm, something like that, and they can have Alfaro be their starting catcher. Uh, it could be a good situation for Alfaro, too. Can build up his value going into free agency, maybe. Uh, catch for the Pirates for a year. We could look at that same situation with maybe the A's as well. Sean Murphy, if he gets traded somewhere, maybe the A's need a stopgap to, uh, I think, Shane Langliers is his name. So th there's different teams that could be interested in Campostano and or Corey Alfaro. So pay attention to that. Uh, Jonathan in the chat here says we need a better bat than Nola. Uh, I, I kind of agree with that, but remember they are getting offensive reinforcements back in 2023. There's no shift. So Soto's numbers are going to improve. You think Crony's numbers are going to improve. Manny I would think he's going to be another MVP candidate in 2023. They're getting Tatis back off of this suspension. He's a 40-plus home run guy, and you would think the Potters are going to go out and get a first-base power bat. So if Nola's hitting ninth or eighth in the order, and Tatis comes back, and they get a power bat at first in DH, or first and DH, or DH um, 
then maybe they don't need a better bat than Nola, and they just need good defense behind the plate. Like, bringing in Wilson Contreras or something like that, like he's the big catcher free agent name, that doesn't make sense, um, for me at least. Like, sure, Wilson Contreras is a name. He's one of the best catchers in the league, but you're going to give him four or five years uh, and spend that money on him when you're trying to extend Soto. You're trying to go get an, a power bat at first or DH, maybe a power bat in the outfield. I don't think that's the best use of your resources when you have catchers right now, you have an excess of catchers, you're trying to fill holes right now. Spend that money to go fill the holes um, first before talking about the catching position. Um, all right, so that was the Pirates thing. Um, now, here's where the Padres stand money-wise. I mean, Kevin Acey, during that GM meeting week, he wrote in the Union Tribune about how the Padres would prefer to spend around $25 million, or at least that's how much room they have to spend this offseason. I was when I first read that I was like, wait, there's no way that they're going to spend 25 million. That's it. When they need starting pitching, multiple, they need multiple relievers, they need first base, power bat, they need uh, left field, and you're probably going to have to pay more money than what you paid Profar last year, right? So, 25 mil that seemed like too uh, conservative. Like they're going to spend more money than that. And now that they signed Suarez. Now that they signed Nick Martinez, Suarez $9.2 million on the luxury tax. Martinez $8.6 million on the luxury tax, if we're saying it's three years, 26 mil, because um, that's the minimum. That equals $17.8 million. Now, if you subtract 25 minus 17.8, that gets you $7.2 million. So $7.2 million of room to spend if we're still going by that $25 million from AC. That's $7.2 million to get a fifth starter, relievers, first base or DH, a power bat there, and then left field. If they bring back Profar, it's going to cost more than $7.2 million himself. They bring in a power bat, you would think it's going to cost more than $7.2 million just that guy. Um, whether it's Josh Bell or Jose Abreu, like Jose Abreu could cost $16 million a year, not just $7.2 so I don't see them only spending $7 million the rest of this offseason. It could be via trade in all of that. And by the way, that $25 million number that AC talked about, that was um, thinking that Alfaro is not going to be on the team, assuming that $3 million for 2023 isn't going to be there. So they'd have another $3 million left. So a little over $7 million left to fill one, two, three, four, five spots. I, I just don't see that happening. Now, trades can happen, obviously. There's low salary guys that have already gone over starting pitching, uh, outfield, first base, Seth Brown. He's he's not making a whole lot of money. Just throwing out that name. There's options out there for trades, but remember the farm system is not as strong as it was before. Juan Soto uh, came to the Padres, right? They had Gore, they had Hassel, they had Wood, they had John Susanna. You know, they they just had those guys. They don't have them anymore. Are they willing to give up Jackson Merrill and Luis Camposano in a deal? 
I don't really think so. At some point, you would think the Padres are going to need some of those prospects to show up at the big league level so they can go spend elsewhere and have those guys be the cheap contracts on the team. Uh, but we'll see. A.J. Preller is unpredictable. That's what I love about him. And sometimes that's why it's like, okay, can you just be a little more predictable here? Because there's some moves. Well, like, he, he was predictable uh, with this Nick Martinez thing. He brought him back. But then he was unpredictable in a good way, bringing back Robert Suarez. But my point is we just don't know what's going to happen with A.J. Preller as the GM, as the head guy. I love him as the GM. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Who would I rather have than AJ? I guess that's a question for another day. Not too many guys. I mean, I know Andrew Friedman is gets a lot of praise, and Heim Bloom gets a lot of praise. Um, you know, there's there's other guys out there that get praise. You know, the Rays GMs, James Click did a great job, even though he doesn't have a job anymore right now, which is still baffling to me. But AJ, I mean, the work that he's done from where they were during that rebuild. Uh, and all the names they have right now, like he has transformed this team into a World Series contender. So there's, there's, I don't know if I'd rather have anyone else um, to be the GM of this team. And there's, I know that there's no one else I'd rather be the owner of this team than Peter Seidler. He is all in. He, he's a fan, and that's what is great. Maybe Steve Cohen, if he was actually a Padre fan, because he has more money. But Peter Seidler has a lot of money too, and he, he was raking in a lot of money with the postseason stuff, the postseason uh, revenue that came with the division series and the championship series. And I think he's going to continue to spend. Um, Justin asked, what would you lean more towards, Jose Abreu and Jamison Tyone or Brandon Jury and Kodai Senga? That's interesting. That is a good question. Wow. I'd probably lean toward Abreu and Tyone because I think Abreu's better than Drury, and I think that Tyone's more of a guarantee. Like, you know what you're going to get out of him at the big league level, and we don't know what you're gonna what we're going to get out of Kodai Senga. And Drury, uh, I don't think he's as consistent against both, both sides of the mound, if that makes sense, against lefties and righties. He hits well against lefties, not as well against righties. Um... Abreu's the better all-around player, I think, especially offensively. But the cheaper route would probably be Drury and Senga. Because Tyone, it's probably $20 million a year, three years, maybe four from a team. Uh, and Abreu, it's probably two years, $35 million at least, I would think. Um, with Drury, it's probably two years... Eight million a year, maybe something like that, and Senga five, five years maybe, four years seventy seventy five mil. So if you add those up, I mean, what a Brayu thirty? What I say thirty five plus, let's say Tyone gets sixty, seventy. Let's say seventy. What I can't do math right. One hundred five for those two, and then Drury it's sixteen plus, let's say seventy. So like 86 mil for those two. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of close. Um, if you're asking me on just names, I'm going to go Abreu Tyone. Cause I, I feel like I have a better idea of what I'm going to get with those two guys. 
But yeah, that's a good question, Justin. All right. So another move that happened today, Teoscar Hernandez to the Seattle Mariners from the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays in return get back Eric Eric Swanson and left-handed starter Adam Mako, I think is how you say his name. Teoscar Hernandez is a free agent after this coming season, after 2023. So that's something to keep in mind. I saw some people on Twitter thinking that the Padres could have easily made this move. And they maybe they could have. But we don't know if the Blue Jays like the some Padres reliever more than they like Eric Swanson. We don't know if A.J. Preller was willing to give up Adrian Marjone maybe in a deal. Um, he was highly regarded, I know, during those Juan Soto discussions, right? We So we don't know. Um, Adam Macko, I have no idea who that guy is, but he's a left-handed starter. Were the Padres willing to give up a left-handed starter in their farm system? I, I, I don't know if the Blue Jays would have been interested in Ryan Weathers based on the year that he had this past season. Um, so... It's easy to say, oh, Padres could have pulled that off. They have a reliever. They have a starter. But do the Blue Jays like those guys? And are the Padres willing to bring on Teoscar Hernandez for one year? And how much is he going to make? I don't know how much he's, he's going to make this year, but he's had some good seasons. So he's in arbitration. Uh, I'd expect him to make a good amount of money. Probably 17 to $20 million is just I, I don't have anything in front of me, but just off the top of my head, I, I would think that's what it's about. Are the Padres willing to give that to an outfielder for one year? I don't know. When you could just not pay anyone and have Tatis go to the outfield and bring in a power bat at first in DH, we don't know what the Padres are thinking there. We don't know if they're leaning towards Tatis in the outfield. We don't know if they're leaning towards Tatis in the infield. And then so they want to go get uh, a power outfield bat but when it's a trade it does complicate things right you can't just go throw the money at the guy the blue jays have to be interested in those players and the padres have to be interested in giving those players up so i'm hesitant to believe that the padres yeah they definitely could have made this deal because we just don't know who the blue jays liked we don't know if the padres were okay with giving up who the blue jays liked or we don't even know if preller had discussions with the blue jays about teoscar hernandez I assume that he did because, well, it's AJ freaking Preller, but we don't truly know, right? Um, now, what this means for the Padres, Tasker Hernandez to Seattle. So now, Mitch Hanniger probably not coming back to Seattle. You would think. I love Seattle, or I love uh, Mitch Hanniger. Um, I like Seattle too as a city, but I, I like Mitch Hanniger. I, I think. For anyone that's been listening, by the way, these past few days, Mitch Hanniger, you know that he's on my dream list of dream offseason targets. Abreu's on there. Uh, Mitch Hanniger's on there. So I'd definitely be in on Mitch, and I think it's a higher probability that he signs elsewhere. Maybe not that he comes to the Padres, but there's a higher chance that he does not return to Seattle now, that they have Teoscar Hernandez as their left fielder or as one of their corner outfielders. Jesse Winker. I think that increases the probability of him being dealt. They have Julio Rodriguez in center. They have Teoscar in one of the corners. Do they need Jesse Winker? Um, I don't know if Seattle's that high on him. I mean, they're willing to trade him. 
So they must not be that high on Jesse Winker. He did not have as strong of a season this past year as he did in 2021. So are the Padres willing to pay him? I think it's a little over $8 million. Are they willing to give him that and bet that he'll have a 2021 season? And Pecco is hard to hit. But there's the shift away, so his numbers should improve a little bit, you would think. Um, so I think Jesse Winker, he's more likely to be dealt now that they have Teoscar Hernandez. And I think Mitch Hanniger, who's a free agent, he's more likely to go somewhere else. We don't know if the Padres are interested in Jesse Winker. We don't know if the Padres are in Mitch Hanniger. But we do know that the Mar- traded for Oscar Hernandez. You two guys, the likelihood of were increased based on that. Uh, so that's me connecting the dots there with the Padres. I would love to have Mitch Hanniger here. He's had some pretty good years uh, with the Mariners, or he had some pretty good years with the Mariners. Um, I will get to the chat here in a moment. Um, but first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so I already answered Justin's question about Abreu and Tyone or Drury and Senga. That's a really good question. I'd go Abreu, Tyone, like I mentioned earlier, uh, just based on names. Um, John says, the value of being the pitcher's guy that makes good calls. I think you're talking about the Nola, the catcher situation. Yeah, so... That that's uh, I think you're saying you're trying to get at the Padres value Nola and or the pitchers at least value Nola. I would agree with that. We saw in the postseason they did not have Jorge Alfaro catch. They did not have Luis Camposano catch. They didn't have him touch a bat really. That uh, Camposano did not hit at all in the postseason. So they trust Nola. The pitchers trust Nola. I would think the organization trusts Nola more than those two guys. Um, I mean, why do you think they're trying to get rid of Alfaro, right? So, yeah, I agree with that. Pitcher's guy, there is a value, especially with catcher. That's why I'm kind of like, well, we don't need to go out and get Wilson Contreras or go get this big power catcher. Like, sure, that would be cool, but I'm fine with Nola hitting 8-9. If that means that we're going to get solid catching, solid relationships, a guy that knows what the pitcher wants, Remember, with that pitch clock coming in, there's not going to be a lot of time for pitchers to be shaking off the catcher. So having a guy that's a familiar uh, face, a familiar voice in NOLA, a guy that understands the pitchers and what pitches they like and what counts, that's going to be important next year. And that might not be something that's going to be talked about this offseason with teams, but I think that's something we should definitely pay attention to. Uh, Aiden in the chat says Abreu at first would be amazing. I agree. And remember, there's no qualifying offer attached with Abreu. So the Padres, they don't have to give up draft picks or a million dollars in international bonus pool money. It would just be go sign Abreu. The White Sox, they're trying to, it seems like they're trying to move Andrew Vaughn to first base. So, I mean, Abreu could return and, you know, be their DH or, you know, split time with Vaughn at first in DH. But 
if the Padres want Abreu, they can go out and get Abreu, I think. I, I feel confident in that. They just have to give him the money. So we will see about that. Um, all right. So I think that's the show. I cover the topics that I wanted to cover. The starting rotation right now, you Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, Nick Martinez. There's still starting pitching that has to be brought in. Uh, a couple more arms, I would hope. Left field, what's going to happen there? Relievers, a couple, what's going to happen there? With Pierce Johnson, maybe not coming back. Who knows? Craig Stammen, uh, he probably will just retire. Um uh, and then first base DH, what's going to happen there? So still a lot to talk about. Um, and I'll have more Padres entertainment out there on the YouTube channel, on social media at Talking Friars, on Twitter and Instagram, and on the podcast platforms, obviously. So thank you so much for tuning in here. Episode 282 of Talking Friars. And I'll talk to you later. Ben Fan signing off. See ya.